0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport,
1: powered by fans.
2: The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app.
0: Hello and welcome to the Reds Report. This is the longest-running Barnsley FC podcast. We are uh, sponsored by the Best of Barnsley and we are proud to be part of the TalkSport network of fans. So, Portsmouth came to town and they were pummeled and next up was the visit of Plymouth. Um, If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll have seen that uh, we're missing a regular. Uh, Ian, who's just come back from Gran Canaria, is doing the night shift tonight, so he can't join us. Um, so we've upgraded to a better model all the way around, to be, uh, to be honest, because we're happy to say that ex-Chelsea, Bristol City, Reading, Barnsley, Grimsby Town, Wales International and alumni number 958, Mr Darren Barnard is joining us this evening. Evening, Darren. Hey, How
1: you doing, chaps? You all right?
0: Yeah, we're in uh, yes, a good mood. Yeah. Steve, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm in all. I'm in all. I've just had my tea. <laughs> i've just been to doctors as well but we're not getting to that story that's a story for another day um the star the star that is darren barn i can't believe it can't believe yeah. it mate
0: and darren obviously, i'm nervous as
2: well me. i've got to say i'm nervous as well so there well you go am I. can you tell
0: and Darren, you were invited back up to Yorkshire, uh, to Yorkshire on on Saturday, together with some other ex-players for the alumni that's running all year. You you got your shirt, you got to go on the pitch, and you you brought your son. Can you tell us a little bit about you know how your son saw that day, and 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 if you enjoyed it?
1: Yeah, obviously, lovely to come back. Um, you know, always feel honoured to be invited back. It's it's nice to be remembered. It's. It's sad to say, but it's been 21 years since I actually left the club, so um, it's a long, long time. And obviously, in that time, my life's changed a little bit in terms of I had two boys born when I was up there, but I've had two boys born since, and they obviously were born after I um, finished playing football. So they don't really sort of understand sort of um, my sort of legacy in terms of what I've done in terms of football. So. My thirteen-year-old is his first chance to go to a big stadium as well. He's never been to a big stadium. He's been to a few little non-league grounds and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I took him up there. Um, we had an unbelievable day, great day. You know, to to see Nicky Eden, to see A.D. Moses, um, Brian Callahan. You know, um, uh, Neil Redfern. I haven't seen Neil Redfern since he left the club, so it was it was great to see these guys again. Um, yeah, Bruce Dyer as well. So all these sorts of guys, it's great to see them. And um, my son had an unbelievable day, and he now sort of realizes that at some point in my life, I was I was a little bit famous in certain areas of the country. So uh, <laughs> when he's got people coming up to me and asking for photos and and uh, signatures and stuff like that, he's like, "Oh, oh, you actually really did play football then?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, wow. I'm not joking." So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic day and every, everyone treated him brilliantly. So, um, you know, yeah, really, really good day and really enjoyed it. And uh, thanks to Andy for organising it all, because um, I know how much hard work goes in behind the scenes to try and get us all up there and stuff. And it's logistically, it's a nightmare for him. But um, Andy done a great job at the club.
0: You, you said you were famous in some part of the country, but I think it's fair to say that on the 27th of November in any given year, the whole Twitter explodes because everybody shows that goal again. Have you shown the kids yet? Or saying, Yeah, 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 this is they've never it. seen it.
1: I don't know what, what goal, what are you on about. Um, <laughs> no, of course, they, um, you know, I've probably shown it to them about 5,000 times, and um, you know, they obviously know I've got um, you know, if I quickly pan my picture around, there's a picture of it on the wall. Oh,
0: yeah, um, oh wow,
1: in my house. So, um, so yeah, so it's um. Something I'm very proud of, and you know, to still be you know, 25 years ago, still be um, told that it was the greatest goal ever scored by a Barnsley player is, is very humbling indeed. And um, you know, it was it's one of the few decent ones I scored at the club.
0: Mm. And it, I think it's fair to say, isn't it, that you enjoyed your time at, at, at Barnsley, and um, there was a chance for you to leave. And um, well, well according to Wikipedia, there was a chance for you. Um, to leave to Southampton, but you, you turned that down. How do you look back at your at your career at Barnsley? Besides, obviously, maybe friends for life and that goal. How has that sort of shaped you? I suppose from what happened yeah, afterwards. I, obviously
1: I. loved it. Um, you know, I was at Bristol City just before it, and Bristol City is very much a little family club and stuff. And um, I had two good years there. Um, then the opportunity to join Barnsley arose. You know, to play in the Premier League, it's the best players in the world. Was something initially I turned down but then I suddenly had a change of heart and thought yeah I can't I can't turn this opportunity down so it could be my last chance I think I was 24 at the time um and I um well I sorry I wasn't 24 I was 25 at the time and then when I actually joined the club it was I knew straight away it was a great decision um you know, such a great family club you know that we had 50 60 supporters obviously watching training every day um you know they were allowed to come up in those days and stuff and uh look at um, look at what we were doing on the training field. Um, the club was great. The you know, the memories were brilliant. The Premier League season, you know, I'm still one of the select few players to have played for Barnsley in the Premier League. You know, they've only ever done it once. And um, hopefully they'll get back there again another day. But it was just, you know, brilliant for me. Um, made some great friends at the club. Um it was tarnished towards the end by how I left and stuff. I uh, didn't particularly like the, the last manager I had. Um, but, you know, my memories are, are all positive memories of the club. So, um, you know, I, I love my time there and uh, wouldn't have changed it for the world. Obviously, there's a, there's a couple of instances that people pick out. Obviously, a few of the goals I scored, um, the, the odd shot from 12 yards I might have missed um, <laughs> at a certain football stadium somewhere down south called Wembley or something I can't remember the names I've erased it from my mind and um, lots of people remind me about my um, my new puppy that I got as well for some reason um, there's a little story there to be told it was, it was
2: brilliant I remember times. that one brilliant I remember times. that one yeah
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No. it
0: wasn't there yeah I remember it I'll, I'll tell you actually one day when you mentioned it Steve have you got any questions because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing yeah. you sat there so it's like you know.
2: Well, I, you know, what I, what I would ask is, I mean, do you still follow follow Barnsley's results? I'm assuming that you do. It's what, out of the many clubs that you played for, do you still look for Barnsley's result on a Saturday afternoon?
1: Oh, 100%. It's probably probably the first ones, I'll be honest. Um, so, you know, I've, I've got a great affinity. Obviously, Chelsea gave me my opportunity to play professional football. So, you know, from a Chelsea standpoint, I always look for their results. I look for Barnsley's results. I look for Bristol City's results. Um, yes, they're sort of maybe the top three. Um, just because that's where I played the longest at those clubs, and that's where I had more of an affinity with with the fans yeah. and supporters and stuff. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll always be a I lived in the area for seven years, so I'm, I'm always going to yeah. be an adopted northerner. Um, oh, definitely, hence, yeah. Hence, some of the comments on Twitter when I said I was coming up and I was asking what the weather was like. and. Just uh, put a t-shirt on and stuff like this. So, um, <laughs> That's you know, roundabout, right? But it was nice no, good. So, but I loved it up there. So,
2: so over the last, I would say over the last couple of months, um, I'm sure you'll know that we've had two or three goals scored that have been like goal of the month contenders. Have you seen yeah. any of those? I mean, they've all been. Some of them have been amazing goals. Um, not, not a patch on yours, though. I've still got to say, still not a patch on yours. However, did you have you ever have you got a favorite in in any of those? Uh,
1: I haven't seen all of them. I'll be honest. Um, so uh, I still try and when I can get and watch the the EFL highlights of, of leagues one and two, so you can see the goals and stuff like that. So, but I, I you know, my son was amazed by Nicky Cadden's free kick that he scored um, on yeah. Saturday. Um, which was, you know, something that I used to do as well. And I, I tried to point out to him that that's what I used to do. That's what I was paid to do, you know, score goals from the edge of the box and stuff. But um no, it was it was a great free kick. And, yeah, the all-round performance was excellent. The first goal was a great strike as well. So yeah. um, you know, and you know, all three goals were good. Yeah, Matt Sanderson scored a, a great header, you know, good timed run, good cross into the box. And I, I, I'm a firm believer that obviously speaking to Nicky Eden um during the game as well, and uh me and Nicky were sort of, in in my opinion, and apart from maybe one other guy at Bristol City, Brian Tignon, probably the best two crosses of the ball I've ever seen. And it's so, sort of a little bit of a dying art, I think. Sometimes nowadays yeah. teams want to get the ball mm-hmm. to the edge of the um the goal line and pull the ball back all the time. So it's great to see someone put a ball into the box and someone going to attack it and score a great header. You know it it reminds me of the um the goal we scored against Tottenham where I played the ball down the line to Red as he crossed it in and Ashley Ward. You know, headed it in. Um, you know, it's it's a dying art form. So it's great to see someone actually putting the ball in the box. You know, into dangerous areas. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, do, you, do your boys play as well, Darren? Yeah, my eldest two played. Um, they don't know they're Just the one's still at university. The other one's just finishing. Um, my 15 year old son plays. I, I I coach his team. Um, we're unbeaten in three years. So we, we're doing quite well. Wow. Um, and my my youngest son. Is really into his football, but he doesn't play so, and he's a big Liverpool fan, so, um, yeah, I think he's just a glory hunter to be honest. So, <laughs> not at the minute, not at, not minute at the two, minute, he's not, though, is he? To be honest, think they're changing to Arsenal.
0: <laughs> it's, it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because you just mentioned some names, obviously, Nicky Eden is, 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 is sort of like, um. You know back around here and he's got his bar in town as well um you know martin devaney has got a he's got his coaching academy like the the, the the mantis um bruce dyer and and you as well isn't it so you you're still in football albeit in a different how did that come about was it always something you wanted to do or um because a lot of ex-players go and do the coaching batches like you have and then go to you know to um, efl clubs or whatever but you've got the coaching academy how, how did that come about
1: yeah, it's, it's it's hard sometimes because obviously, you know, I, I sort of forged my career in sort of in London. Then I went away for quite a number of years, went to Bristol, then went up to Barnsley and stuff. So that's where you sort of build your sort of your allegiances and stuff like that. So it's, it's I'll be honest, it's been really hard to try and get into professional football. And I'm, I'm pretty much sort of giving up that sense because, you know, one at the lower end, it's, it's not particularly well paid for coaches. Um you've, you've got to be in either a high profile club or or one of the sort of the elite coaches and stuff like that so yeah I've I've focused more around the grassroots areas and I've I had my a license coaching badge I've had that for 15 years now so um it's a case of just trying to pass your knowledge on so I've started doing sort of small group sessions one-to-one sessions working with sort of some local clubs in my area and, and helping teams out and things like that and um you know, it's, it's really rewarding to be fair. My, my oldest two boys are now sort of in their twenties. My, I'm still coaching my 15 year old, but we're getting to a point now where that will be, you know, once he gets to maybe under 18s, I probably won't be coaching him from then on in. So I've just started again with another local club, just helping out their mini kickers. These kids are four, five, six years old. And like, it's like bees around honey in terms of the football and stuff, but it's, it's so rewarding seeing their faces and if they just do the one thing well, then they're all buzzing and stuff. And and you buzzle for that. So it's it's good and it's it's nice and rewarding to, to give back a little bit as well. Because you know, I had people that mentored and helped me out when I was playing my games. If I can help some kids out and go you on. Know, my fifteen teams had four players signed by pro clubs in the last 12 months. So I'm obviously doing something right. So hopefully we can we can kick on and, and continue with, with that and to get more players signed up to pro Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at
0: home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? You reds? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Can you do anything for somebody at 57 year old?
1: No. Oh, he's a good coach, he's not a magician. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. average.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <So>, hey! <laughs> Darren, I know this sounds really sad, but has football changed? Like, you know, you're saying you're working with grassroots. If you look at Barnsley now, and even in training, you know, they have drones flying over, they have, like, chips at the back to see at the running speed and everything else. Has football changed? Because, in essence, it's still two teams of 11, isn't it, and a ball and a referee. Has Has it changed, or...?
1: It has, and uh, it's more analytical now. So, yeah, you know, you, you know, you're looking at things like, you know, things like XG, you know, how many, you know, chances we create and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, how many entrants into the final third and, and forward passes and, and pass possession and all this, which is great, but it means nothing at the end of the day. As you just said there, it's a game where 11 players play 11 players, and whoever scores the most goals wins the game. It's that simple. And sometimes, you know, people are trying to reinvent the wheel all the time in the football. I understand, you know, the analysis of the game plays a part in it nowadays. But, you know, if if I'm an individual playing better than the guy against me and we've got more individuals playing against your position and we're, we're eight of us are playing better than eight of them, we've got more chance of winning the game. And it's just about being clinical in both boxes, you know, stopping goals in one and, and scoring them in the other. And. I think um, fair play to Michael Duff the other day, he made a tactical change at half-time, sent a forward off, and um, it won in the game. Um, so, um, you know, is it more about analysis of the game, or is it more about gut feeling of what you think can do can change the game? And I thought, you know, everyone tells me he's, he's an excellent manager, he's a great man manager, um, likes a joke and stuff like that. But that realisation that something wasn't working that he was able to change it and bring on somebody else was the difference in the game, I think, against Plymouth, who, who were a decent side. So um, it's changed. Um, is it for the better? I, I, I don't really know, really. It's not really that complicated a game of, you know, is it a football match? No.
0: no. And I suppose the, the key to Barnsley or the, the, the success that we're enjoying is that Michael Duff has got a game plan. He sticks to that game plan Players know exactly what's expected of him, unlike the previous two or three coaches that we've had. And there's an there's an identity again around Barnsley, isn't there? I did a, I did an interview yesterday for the Wickham uh, for Wickham Wanderers, and I said, you know what you're going to face with Barnsley? It's going to be that high press, high intensity, and and there's the triggers over the pitch. When they come over the halfway line, they just sort of come at you. And 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 I think by keeping it by by having the identity and sticking to the game plan. And the results are coming under because you know we're now unbeaten in ten, a couple of draws in there. But uh, this is a crucial part of the season, you know, to to find that form. And you mentioned a little bit about uh, about Plymouth. I mean, overall, any players stand out for you uh, from Barnsley on uh, on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I think Herbie Kane had a really really strong game. Um, He played well. Um, You know, I thought the back, um, the two centre halves were excellent. Um, Maz Anderson read the game really well and excuse me, but I've lost his name for a minute. The guy who's the other centre-half. Thomas or Kitchen? Bobby Thomas. Bobby Thomas, Bobby Thomas. Yeah, yeah. So, Thomas. He, he was, I thought he was excellent. On the ball, he was so composed and uh, he never panicked. He made the right decisions when to clip it in the channel, when to play inside. And, you know, he looks a, a real player. And, um I know there's maybe an option for Barnsley to buy him and I think that might be dependent on whether they get promoted or not but it's interesting that the last two successful seasons Barnsley have had uh, obviously this season and the last time was under um, Ishmael um, uh, was when they did the high press yeah Yeah. Um, so both so both times that they played with a high press they've done really really well and I know obviously he had a a system who's probably a little bit more direct, and it was sort of less football when they got the ball. But it's amazing how when you put teams under pressure in their own half, they can't handle it. So, you know, you know, if food for thought for lots of teams. You know, it's, it's all right being deep and being hard to beat, but you know, game of football is about scoring goals. And if you can win the ball in the other team's half, then you've only probably got two or three players to beat before you get an opportunity to score. So, you know, it's it's interesting that the two successful seasons have been with a high press Yeah, Steve have you got a final question for uh, Mr Barnard
2: so here we go you'll like this one so (laughs) in say two three years time yeah we've been just had his first successful season in Premiership Uh, obviously Michael Duff then moves on maybe to one of the bigger clubs uh, maybe goes abroad so there's a vacancy do you ever fancy moving actually into management
1: um, I, I don't think I would move into management. I'll be honest. Um, I think I would, I would, I've applied a couple of times at the club for coaching roles, never even got a reply back. So obviously a little bit frustrated by That's that. That's a disgrace. Carlo, get on to them, him get wrong. Get them wrong them. Now. <laughs> I would, um, do you know what? It, 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 there'd be a dream team of, uh, Neil Redfern as manager, me and Nicky Eden, first team coaches. There you go. That would be that would be a dream wow. team. I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that. that. We'll get Higgy in as a uh, strikers coach. You know, Bruce <laughs> could be the chaplain. Yeah, you know, and you've got you, your,
0: you got your team meetings in Eden's Bar. I mean, you know, Eden's Bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> team meetings exactly.
1: Me, <laughs> me, and if you were the, be one of the biggest uh, coaches you've ever seen in football, unbelievable. I, you, that, that would I be wish. A dream team. I wish. <laughs>
0: The thing is, though, they they have brought, over the last couple of years, um, I think there was a danger when when Patrick Ryan sold the club to the consortium that it started to drift a bit and it didn't feel like a, a community club, but, you know, that it didn't feel like it was part of the club no more. But actually, now... Um, with Gene Krein going back on the board, I think the club is making real strides and actually recognising past successes, like with the alumni that they're doing, you know, getting fans back involved in things. And, um, you know, it would be great if we could relive some of those um, some of those glory days. But Darren, we'll not hold you up any longer on this Thursday evening. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Yep. If yep. we're going to win 3-0 every time, um, you know, you'll come up. Then you know we're playing again on Tuesday night against that club. You know, ten miles down the road. They sold six million seats in the away end. Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> so if you've got nothing on, you know, I, another three nil would do. Really, really good wouldn't to Steve. And if you get
1: a plane down to us, you can fly him up there. He'll be up there in the shop. Don't worry about well, that. Mark, I'll
0: come and
2: fetch you because you had car, you had car trouble the other day, didn't you? So I'll, I'll I best pop down and pick you up.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're not so, yeah. The car was playing up. We managed to get there in the end, and uh, it was fine. But um, yeah, I, I probably couldn't have done this anyway because I was driving at the time as well. So yeah, that, that <laughs> it was able been to come today anyway and do it. <laughs> yeah, so.
2: brilliant.
0: Thank Darren, you. Thank you very much for taking the time out to chat to us. Um, and who knows? Maybe next year we can do it again when we're in the championship, looking over our shoulders to see if anybody can catch us in the race to promotion to the Premier League. Darren, thanks very much.
1: Cheers, Carl. Cheers, thank you.
0: Steve, you went to the um you went to the Plymouth match. Um I was at the emergency doctors crying on the floor with Sciatica. Um I've, I've seen the goals. Um, what an atmosphere.
2: Oh, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant day. Um, I've got to say, um not that good though, talking to Darren but That were amazing. That what a, my hero. One of my heroes years and years ago, obviously. I've, I've still
0: got to speak to I've got to say, I'm, little, I'm
2: a little bit excited, mate. I've got to say. I've got to say, sat here. Steady, Anyway.
0: Steady down, <laughs> steady down big <laughs> lad. Show me your hands.
2: <laughs> we're all right. We're all right. Um, if somebody has said to me at half-time, you'll get a point out of this, I've got to be honest. Although we were playing decent, I'd have taken that point at half-time. Yeah. And then, obviously, come out for second half, and they had that chance really, really early on that I stead, just, picked right way to go and, and took it off his tour end which were amazing but after that point then we for me we just dominated we played some really really nice football uh, great goals really really good goals and fans i've got to say again were amazing all the way through um singing chanting etc um it was just again another really really good Barnsley performance and a really good supporter performance as well yeah,
0: no, it it was. and um, you know, Plymouth destroyed, Portsmouth pummeled, and um, Wickham Wanderers. I, I worry about this and I'll be honest. I did it, I'm I did waiting for you to
2: come up with something that begins with W then. Yeah, yeah. I might do
0: next week. And um, oh, I'm okay. a bit worried about this. I'm a bit worried about this one because I think Wickham, you look at what we, we struggled a bit at Bristol Rovers. Um, if you look at what Wickham have done at home. Um, they're a difficult side to beat. You know, Ipswich mm-hmm. came unstuck. Uh, Portsmouth came unstuck, I believe. So, um, how do you see this one? I mean, starting 11 wise there's not much, you know, you, you change. How do you see this one going? Because, I mean, I think take a draw and I just don't lose. It, it
2: is. It's, it's, it's Barnsley all over, isn't it? You go and beat teams like Plymouth and Derby and then you go to Bristol Rovers and, in a way, they'd sort of dragged us down to their level unfortunately um, we were lucky to get a point out of it but points a point I think Wickham has got the potential to be very similar we could go down there as long as we've got right attitude we, we set off brightly we carry on from, from, uh, from Plymouth and you know I, I don't see why we can't get all three points I really don't but again like you say it's always that banana skin of I don't want to say playing a lesser club because Wickham aren't, you know, it's it's not a lesser club as such. But we no, should no. be getting three points out of them. We now really should.
0: should. There is some decent form. I suppose what will help us is, you know, the form that we've got. You know, we're in a good run of form. We've, we faced, I suppose you could say we faced maybe more difficult teams than Wickham. But yeah. you don't want the bubble to burst because I think if you if you win on Saturday again, you go into to you, know, you know South Yorkshire Derby next week, Tuesday night. Um, you know, and that's the game in hand, so it, it is an important one. Um he, he made the uh, the change at halftime when he took Cole uh, call off and put Waters on. Um from what you see, would would you start with the same eleven again against Wickham? Or would you maybe yes. say, well, you know Yeah.
2: No, I'd start with same eleven. Watters came on um did all right did all right I'll leave it at that um I think other players around him were exceptional uh yeah. again Herbie Kane again they're in form of the life they really are uh, so for me you know it's a bit same 11 that started on Saturday will start this Saturday like yeah. you say if we can if we can keep that momentum up morale then for Tuesday night um Apparently they've just sold seven and a half million now, mate. So it's, it's just oh, got, tickets have oh, just gone yeah. up. I've just announced that on Twitter. Uh, so it, it should be a rocking a, a rocking stadium on on Tuesday. And to be honest, I'm I i do not know whether anybody else agrees. I'm glad that the Ipswich game has been postponed.
0: Yeah, yeah for I was simple just reason.
2: Talk to yeah, it, Luke Connell. If if Luke Connell doesn't play for me, he's pivotal. And yeah. against a team like Ipswich, we need we need him. We need a full strength squad. So for me, I'm happy that he's been postponed. So so that hopefully he'll be able to play. Yeah.
0: And um, right, might as well then go straight into the um, into the forecast. I know next week we'll look at you know we're not to- going to talk about Sheffield Wednesday. It's purely the Wickham one now. Uh, we both think same starting eleven. And um, yeah, I'll 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 go and now on their on their um, official facebook page or whatever website i i i said it, it's going to be a draw one wall but now that i've talked to darren barnard and, and he was impressed i'll go oh we can won barnsley too but don't tell him. that's what i'm going with who's oh, scoring Who <clears throat> became <Herbie> <laughs>
2: uh, uh
0: do
2: you know what i think i think this time we it, it will carry the carry carry the morale on, he'll carry the, the performance yeah. on. I think I'm gonna go for a 2-0 win because my predictions are always right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just think Mads Anderson scored back post header. Only week I've not had a back post header and he goes and scores what's that all about? So um, who's going to score then? Uh, scorer on Saturday will be for your first goal. Uh, Mads Anderson back post header.
0: Why not? You might as well say why it now. not? Why <laughs> not? You've been listening to The Retro Report, Barnsley FC's longest-running podcast. We're sponsored by the Best of Barnsley and part of the TalkSport network of fans. We'll be back next week when we look back over that amazing victory away at Wickham, Wickham, the home victory against Sheffield Wednesday, and look forward to a weekend off. That'll be next week. But for now, thanks for listening. See you next week. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping, and Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? You reds? At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan
1: Network.